0: Views expressed on the Health on a Wind podcast is not a substitute for the medical advice of your licensed physician, nurse practitioner, or any other health professional who's care you are under. Consult with your health professional about any matters relating to your health and health needs, and before beginning any new health program or implementing any health information discussed on this podcast or on whatismyhealth.com. We're here with Tara Hack, who is a production assistant for NBC Sports and a musician who plays um, at Penn Station through the... Uh, musicians of New York program. I first found you at Penn station. Um, I was in the city for a work training and uh, I was walking through Penn and I saw you playing. I left my card in your guitar case and you contacted me and then we kind of started talking from there. So, um, how did you, how did you start getting involved with music
1: Yeah, um, so, I mean, I've always been into music Um, from a young age. My brother would have, like, toy guitars, Mm -hmm. and I would play with them and sing along to the radio and was always into music because it was always around. Um, Billy Joel was, like, a huge... um something that you would always hear in the house or bob marley or you know, kind of whatever my brother was listening to and then it got to rap and all this other stuff yeah. but um which is all all cool um and i always tried to mimic kind of michelle branch avril lavigne a lot jewel because i really like their voices mm-hmm. um and my father who's a conductor for the railroad was going into work one day and he saw these people who were playing and kind of looked it up uh, it's called Musicians in New York, and it's an MTA program. And what they they do is they have people who play for commuters. And he knew that I was really music and was pursuing that. Where to go? Where to play? Other than open mic nights, which don't really, which are fun, but you, you get you know ten people. I wanted to kind of play and really dig into it. And he said, "Well, why don't you do that?" And I said, uh, "Yeah." <laughs> so, okay. so I tried out. As you know, I didn't get in. <laughs>
0: Right, so yeah, it, and, and I know you're telling me, and I'm sorry if I'm making you <laughs> repeat it, but... Um, no,
1: that's fine.
0: So the Musicians of New York program, uh, you it's an audition process?
1: Yeah, so in, I think it was like 80, 1984 or something that they, they had, they started it, but it was basically that people were going in and were then they started fighting over these spots, so they had to do something with it because they didn't want people to be getting into fights, so they said either we can, you know, regulate this or or do away with it and they decided to regulate it so every year every January to March I think you can send in your music and then they'll have you if you make it to the next round you can come in in May uh, for the auditions which is where um, Paul McCartney just had his surprise concert in uh, Grand Central Vanderbilt Hall
0: oh wow okay
1: yeah which is a cool spot because like the acoustics are just like awesome so you play for like members of the media judges Uh, like just regular passerbys and whoever's in the station at the time and so i sent in a tape or cd and i didn't get in (laughs) and then i kept trying i kept trying and i was lucky because i was able to kind of go in and play because you know the cops were cool with me and the other people in the program who knew i was trying out and they were cool as long as i got out of the way if if they didn't show up because sometimes people don't show up so if they didn't show up they just let me play, and if they did, I just packed up and didn't bother anybody. Right. So I was able to get away with it for longer than I, I should have. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so before you got accepted, when you were just going and kind of cool with the with the people, you know, keeping yeah keeping order in the area, um, would you just go and hope that no, like, did you know when when the times that people wouldn't show up, or would you just go hoping that th- there'd be an, o- an opening and just play? <laughs>
1: So i knew the schedule like i knew it was like okay from 9 to 12 12 to 3 3 to 6 6 to 9 and i think it did like a 9 to 12 again so i would go in and sometimes i'd go in and it would be you know my train might get in eleven thirty, and somebody be playing there so then i'm like all right so i have to wait and then hope that the person at 12 didn't show up or that this person didn't stay you know kind of just hoping that it would just be empty right you know so i would spend like sometimes I would go in and not play at all. And I'd be there for 10 hours or some days I'd set up and do three songs and I'd have to pack up because the person came and then not get another chance, but hung around. But, oh, wow. but you know, but it was, I mean, I could have did something else.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, so
1: I, so how, <laughs> it wasn't like I was forced to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it seems like it was all by choice, but so how long <laughs> was it before between when you started auditioning and when you, yeah, like how long were you, Hovering around these spots, hoping, you know, to, not <laughs> hovering, hovering. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, no,
1: I was, yeah. sure. I'm laughing because that's a funny way to put it.
0: Yeah. Like um, how long were you scouting out these spots, hoping to, you know, to kind of jump in when people wouldn't show up before you actually started getting your own spots?
1: Well, uh, until so for I uh, started going in about 2008, Okay, maybe I started going in, it, it, it was seven years. So it had to be 2007. I tried out 2008. I started going in. and then 2014 i finally got in so for that time and i did some other stuff in between because i would take breaks i would do you know as a temporary dental assistant i i was a hostess like i did other things Mm -hmm. because it became uh as we talked about previously like you're in the program you're in it for life but people are still coming in and you don't see the same people because of that you know like you go you start playing and you don't make as much as you think you are and you know some people start to have families and then you can't kind of keep doing it so
0: i imagine that's like a tough schedule to keep when it's you know like i mean a lot of the blocks you said are in the middle of the day so to have a nine to five is hard and then i'm sure i would imagine the after like the anything after 5 p.m is like is it am i correct in thinking it's like prime real estate like that's the highly coveted spot because when that's when like somebody who has, might have a full time job like a regular standard nine to five would try to go in there. Or, I
1: mean, yeah, that would. I mean, I I don't really typically wait that late, but yeah, I would say that that is. Um, I, w- I mean, I would think so. It, yeah. It's hard because there's like no rhyme or reason just because there's so many different variables that even with you know people who are going through and commuters and you know, is it good to play at rush hour or people just want to get home and they're annoyed or just woke up and they're annoyed, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: (laughs) It's hard to kind of pick, but yeah, but rush hour, I would say is prime because you want to get the most people and that's when the most people are going.
0: Right. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So you're in, you're in Penn station, which is, I feel like that's got to be one of the more coveted. but like, especially if it's between Penn station or a subway, not that there's anything wrong with performing in the subway, but it's hot down there. <laughs> like, yeah. No matter what, it's always hot down there. Well, at least in the summer. And then in the winter, it's just. I feel like it's never comfortable in the subways down there. And so, to be able to play in Penn, must be. I feel like that's a pretty, pretty sweet gig for you. <laughs> like a pretty good yeah. spot. Yeah. You know?
1: like, <laughs> it's like it's the Madison Square Garden of the. <laughs>
0: Of the underground Um, music scene.
1: (laughs) Of the underground world. I mean, it's
0: literally under MSG, so it's not that far off.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, Um, I'm in the basement.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You yeah, um, you could tell people you're playing the garden all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm opening for uh, whoever's playing today. It
0: doesn't doesn't Billy Joel have? Does he still doing that? Where he has his like weekly shows at the garden? I, yeah. I,
1: yeah, yeah, he has. A, I, th- I mean, I think so. The last that I knew, but yeah, he's a uh, like a residency there.
0: Yeah, so you could you could tell people you're opening for Billy Joel.
1: That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. Where else oh, are you sorry.
0: playing besides Penn?
1: oh yeah so so through pen Penn has been awesome i i know like some people might knock it. like um i met sid rosenberg from the bernie and sid show oh yeah and, and he had so many questions like is she homeless oh. <laughs> and that's like that's such a frequent thing and i'm thinking i'm wearing my nike shoes they're new like yeah. <laughs> come on man i used to wear converses that would beat up then i would get it but like yeah <laughs> but um but yeah, no, so that's like a huge question that I get a lot of, but it, it's been the best. I, I started playing um, Nancy's Restaurant, and I the owner of the restaurant, her sister, saw me playing. And I've been there since 2013, every Friday night. And that was like a set gig that I didn't have. That was before I had the banner. Wow, so I okay. had set up, and I think I had gotten kicked out, cause I, not kicked out, but like the person had kicked came to their spot Mm -hmm. like right after i finished or something like that wow so yeah it was like i played like two or three songs and she saw me so i was like oof thank god i won in that day because that's been a you know
0: yeah i mean (laughs) that's like a right place right time kind of situation and
1: yeah which happens so often and it's it's funny to kind of see that you know
0: yeah do you typically try to play the same time slots or in the same days or do you kind of mix it up
1: yeah, I I do. It depends on on the schedule, so I try to do it in the, earlier because then I have the I'll have the day, right? Um, and sometimes I'll try to do it, you know, in the middle of the day. It it just depends, um, kind of what I have going on afterwards. Okay. But it's hard because I have so many schedules that are are kind of you know, like I said, you have to put them in advance, and I have to wait for one to come right, before right. I can tell the other one what I'm doing. So
0: it's. Right
1: it's because I have that the hotel just regular restaurants and then the production work so it's kind of like trying to you know I imagine it's like a manager who's trying to put everybody on a shift and everybody doesn't want to work
0: like, yeah kinda. no I'm sure. so the day when I was going through Penn I had either I think I had just missed a train and so I had some time to kill and I was walking around and I heard I heard you playing and um you were I, I think you were playing actually an, an alanis morissette song so i walked over and uh you played i think an ed sheeran song and there was something else that you played that i I wish i could remember it now but it was i remember thinking like because you were playing acoustically uh i think yeah is that is that typically what you'll play by the way is are you mostly acoustic or do you mix it up
1: in uh, acoustic artists
0: Well, no, I mean, like, when you go play, uh, when you play at Penn, are you playing acoustically, or do you play different types of guitars? Oh, yeah, no, I
1: I always play, yeah, I've been taking the same, uh, Taylor (laughs) in with me for, (laughs) since before I had the Banner, she's been with me for a while.
0: (laughs) Um, so, yeah, but I remember you were playing acoustically, and there was a song that you played that was not an acoustic song, and I remember thinking, like, oh, that's a really interesting way, I hadn't heard it played acoustically the way you were playing it, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, oh, thank you. And uh, and I, I wish I could remember what it was now. <laughs> <but> I'm blanking <laughs> on it. But um, I remember, too, like I, I, I've I never dropped my card in anybody's thing like that. But I was for some reason I was just like, you know what? I've, uh, I've had musicians and artists on the podcast before. And I was like, you know what? Like, these are the types of people I, I like. You know, I find the conversations with them interesting. Let me just, you know. just throw it in there and you know worst case nothing happens and i i didn't actually expect that you would uh email me but when i saw your email come through i was like that's really cool like (laughs) i should start doing this more often but but i like the way you played and uh thank you uh you were telling me when we when i first reached out to you and we spoke on the phone uh you did you mentioned sid rosenberg and um am i correct in thinking you you just recently were on on their show
1: Yeah, well, so April, I know that I remember dates really well, so I'm really good at trivia. Okay. (laughs) Trivia games, but um, April 27th was the first time that I was on their show. And then they had me on again, like three months after that. So it was like June June 27th or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he mentioned that he wanted to have me for a night of comedy. They have this show at the cutting room and so they invited me and i ended up playing and i so i was open for believe it or not the naked cowboy was right before me oh wow <laughs> and i jammed with him so i have a video somewhere online of me jamming with him which was pretty cool like in the back just waiting to go on
0: i checked out your website and i was like what is this and then you were saying, <laughs> exactly i think it was uh, knocking on heaven's door
1: yeah because yeah, yeah. life is wild sometimes
0: yeah so the comedy you said that you performed at their comedy uh their night of comedy
1: yeah um so jim brewer was the headlining um act wow And there's some jackie the jokeman marlin martlin was there he's uh It's from howard stern and uh a couple of other people that were there really like cool i i, I was like oh you know what i mean like kind of oh wow that's that person that's this person kind of, yeah so,
0: kind of like in all of these people
1: like, yeah which was cool um for sure and Jim Brewer like I, I like a lot of his stuff just comedy in general I, I like to look that up so yeah. it was cool to see him
0: he's definitely one of the, like still from what I remember in comedy like he was one of the premier names like growing yeah. up with you know like watching those kinds of movies and, and he was one of like the main you know comedy figures in those so that's
1: yeah and also like well I YouTube a lot of stuff too because there's a lot of people who put up like videos so like Bill Burr and, and him and Uh, Josh Wolf, I like a lot. And so I like to like, you know, look them up and go, Oh, like they were on this show or somebody put up a video and I get to see it. So yeah, which they probably frown upon because, (laughs) you know, they want people to see their set (laughs) when they're live, but I like watching (laughs) it on YouTube, like on the train.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll still like, if I like a comedian, I don't get to many shows. I wish I had time to get to more, but like if I like a comedian, I'll go to their show.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like if I see them, um, Oh, Sebastian. I, I always, met a scolo, I think is his last name. I always kind of mess it up, but he'll be at the garden in January. So I was like, Oh, maybe I'll go see him, you know?
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like I, every time I go see live music or like something like running across, you know, coming across you performing in Penn, I, I always think like I need to, to make a point to go to a live show. Yeah. Now you play, you said you play at Penn, you play at Nancy's restaurant. Where? Uh, where in? That's in Manhattan.
1: Um, Oh, uh, the courtyard Marriott. Um, downtown marriott it's i think it's 133 greenwich street it's right across from the freedom tower okay i get so lost down there so i just (laughs) kind of like now know my way going one way yeah if you like turned me around i would be so lost
0: (laughs) yeah you know are you are you from the area by the way are you from new york i'm from long island so oh me too
1: Yeah, okay, so I go in, and then, you know, I'm like, all right, Midtown I got, (laughs) you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, keep me me on the numbered streets, I'm good, but like, once you start throwing the names in there, I'm like, I have no idea exactly and it's funny because like i can get you almost anywhere on long island but i you throw me into the city and i'm i'm completely like a tourist
1: right 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 and then the the gps gets like confused
0: oh yeah everywhere you go it recalculates because of the buildings and the reception so like it's funny actually i when i met my now my wife uh for our first date we were meeting up in the city and uh she was out with some friends earlier and i was out with some friends earlier and I was asking, you know, my buddies, like, hey, like, w- you know, I'm looking for a spot to go to. We're supposed to meet up. Um, and she's she moved from the West Coast. So I was like, I, I kind of want to, you know, like not show her what well, the way I phrased it to her was like, oh, yeah, I want to show you around. And I was like, God, I, I, I picked like three places. And I was like, we can go to these distinct places. And that, like, I know how only. to get to them. Yeah. Um, But then our plans kind of changed a little. And so I asked them for like a bar recommendation. And so she went to the, you know, she went to the pub and was waiting at that corner. And I was, I was walking over and, uh, I knew I was close, but I didn't know exactly where it was because I'd ne- I'd never actually been there myself. I was going based on the recommendation. Right. So I'm like texting her. I'm like, yeah, I'm on my way. Like walking. It took it took a little longer than I thought. Sorry. And then I'm like, after five, ten minutes, I was lost. And I was like, I know right. I'm like circling it. I was like, Can you girl- send up a flare? Yeah. I was like <laughs> I, can't find I was like, she's gonna think I'm standing her up. She's gonna leave. <laughs> As I call her, I'm like, I'm so sorry, like I got turned around and I'm like, she is totally going to call my bluff and, uh, and know that I don't know how to get around this city, <laughs> and that was going to be it. And it, I mean, it worked out, but like, that was just one example of how for the life of me, I can't seem to figure That's out so commuting in Manhattan. So.
1: Yeah. Well, cause like, yeah, it, there's a certain point that it's just like, how does this even work? <laughs> you know? Like- yeah.
0: And there was there was another time in college I, I was going to the Museum of Natural History so and a friend of mine from college, we went in and I was like, All right, we have to take the blue line. A blue subway train. I was like, Fine and it's like the A, C, and the E and the yeah. only one we couldn't take was the E and of course like I saw blue and I was like this is our train and <laughs> I took us, on yeah I took us on the E train into Queens and we were on the train for 45 oh, minutes before because like the numbers were still going up too but in Queens and I was like oh we gotta be close and then we passed it and we were hitting things I was like I have no clue where we are and I finally found the map I was like oh nope we're in Queens we should have been there about 30 minutes ago <laughs> So it was just I've embarrassed it's myself. So, yeah, it really is. But I can go to another city. I can go to. I've gone to Boston. I've gone to Washington D.C. and I can get around their metro systems like no problem. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the weirdest thing. But, it
1: definitely is difficult. And you're and you're right because there's some trains that like they're express and they don't stop it's, there yeah. and you know and then yeah.
0: or they they only run at certain times of the day and of course i pick the, the wrong times for the yeah. wrong trains and stuff
1: you're waiting there for an hour
0: yeah and it's oh it's the worst is this as much as i try i have like several apps on my phone i'm like all right i'm gonna do this today and every time <laughs> i'm always like glued to the app like i hope i don't lose service because like i i'm gonna get lost <laughs> but uh uh, that's
1: Charlie. i'm glad to know i'm not the only one you know
0: No, you're definitely you're definitely not <laughs> um you mentioned so along with the music stuff you are a production assistant and you work for nbc sports right yes Right, because i remember when we when we spoke over the phone we connected over the fact that i used to work at espn so yeah you know, similar um how did you how did you get into that and are you that's something you're still doing along with the music now
1: right yeah so that was kind of um like how i mentioned earlier that um there are people who you know it's a lifelong program but then you kind of start doing other stuff <laughs> so uh, my friends were going back to school and you know they were kind of talking about it and i think that that like played a huge part because i was like i need a backup because like what am i gonna do you know i love music but i need to go to school i need to figure something out you know right so i was like all right well i like production like i like creating stuff like i need something that's similar to music but different but you know i didn't want to i didn't want to go to school for music because i felt like the only thing that would be available would be a music teacher and i just that wasn't my path like i didn't really want to do that if if i couldn't perform right so i decided to go for radio and television and then i was like you know what i want to work for nbc i love the today show hoda copy is like a huge idol to me so i was like i want to do what she does (laughs) yeah so so then and my professor ended up working for nbc sports and they had an alumni dinner and one of the production managers came so i just kind of handed like anytime they had somebody come i brought my resume i brought a card or i knew i was like i'm gonna talk to this person and just see if they can you know and so I did that, and then year, I stayed in touch with her, and then a year after that, they had some people who were moving up, so she was like, hey, I need somebody to come in and help me out for the, I think it was like a USAA Gymnastics um, out in Jersey, and I was like, yeah, like, for sure, I'll help you out, and then just got referred to a bunch of people after doing that.
0: It almost sounds like another right place, right time situation where, like...
1: Yeah, because he actually, that professor who I'm I'm so close with, he retired now last year so i like just missed him towards the end of his and that was like you know she was close with him so she went to that alumni dinner right and then was like the main guest so like we knew who who they had they had two people and it was like here's you know what they do where they what company they're from and and everything else so i was like yep i'm gonna talk to her
0: <laughs> that's
1: and she, she's cool too she's very nice i i still talk to her
0: I feel like that's, um, between those two things and the way you describe them, I feel like that's, that's going to take an incredible amount of just perseverance and strong determination to keep, you know, pushing for the things that you want to get. And that's, I think that's really cool that you are able to oh, get into both. Cause I feel like, I remember when I was looking to get into sports statistics, which is how I wound up at ESPN. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't have any of that background. Uh, like my background actually is in teaching and after a couple of years in teaching, you know, there were no jobs and stuff and I was like I I kind of if I'm going to look outside of teaching, I want to do something that I enjoy and I enjoyed sports and statistics. But, you know, going in, I was like I don't think that I have the credentials to, to just go to a company like ESPN and right. and work there. So like it was kind of I mean it was a little bit, dif- bit of a different path. I Applied the traditional way, just online. Um, but I remember going like I was trying to break into different. Uh, I was trying to break into baseball at one point, and I would I would go cold to these networking events, and it was hard to uh, you know to keep going and not get not having anything come from it, and making these cold calls and emailing, trying to figure out people's emails yeah. and not having anything come from it. So, like I give you a lot of credit for for keeping at it the way you did to get. Oh, uh, thank get into you. The, the things that you got into.
1: No, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's hard. Ho- it is hard. Like it's so, and it's like you know, at some points, it's like, what the? What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, like yeah. quite often, and you're just like, what am I like? Really, what am I doing?
0: Yeah. I mean, do you ever do you know. ever do you ever question that that with either the you know the sports production or the music? Do you ever question what you're doing? You know, when things are kind of difficult like I mean you took you said it took you seven years so like was it a frequent thing where you would question should I be doing this music thing or did you always kind of feel
1: I mean for sure like yeah absolutely because you know I guess I mentioned that I was a temporary dental assistant I was a hostess and I did other stuff because I was like all right you just get so discouraged but -hmm. When you have a passion for something, you just, you can like kind of not do it for a little bit, but you just can't turn it off. Yeah. So there'd be so many times I was just, I almost wanted to like explode from within because I'm like, I'm not doing what I love. Yeah. You know?
0: No, I totally, I can totally relate to that feeling. And it's like, it's frustrating because, you know, you do what you have to do to make ends meet and stuff, but.
1: Right. uh... Right. Life gets in the way and then you're like, oh, well, you know how do I do this now with these, you know, I have these obligations. I have to do this. And I have to do
0: that. and It's hard. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's hard to find people who can honestly say they enjoy the work that they're doing. You know, I feel like it can be such a grind. And even when you get where you think you want to go too. you know, it, yeah, you know, you get there and it's not what you thought it was that, I mean, that was my experience at ESPN. Like I, I, I enjoyed working there, but yeah. I wanted to do certain things there that they. It was clear after a little while that I was there that they were not going to let me do those things. Like I wanted to, kind of take my skill set and use it in a certain way, and they they had different ideas for me, which is fine. fine but you know, I thought, I thought I wanted to be a teacher, and I, I got frustrated with that. So I thought, okay, well I, maybe I can work in sports. I'm good with numbers and this and that. And then I got in, and it wasn't what I thought. And it's like mentally to keep hitting those roadblocks and to, to get where you think you want to go and then realize, okay, this isn't actually where I want to be. Um, yeah.
1: It's not what I thought it was. Like you said. Yeah, no, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So are you finding like where, what is your, what would you say? Like ultimately you want to do as a musician? Like, is that the goal or is it the production that is the goal? Like where, how do those things balance out for you in your mind?
1: <laughs> That's definitely the goal. I love creating mm-hmm. and, um you're right like you know there's there's some things that I love about being you know that I love seeing how in the like major networks how things work and Mm -hmm. how they do certain things and I like to take that and and put it into my own stuff that I'm doing and I think that my what I'm aiming for is that I really want to get music going I want to perform at these big places. I want to take whatever I make from that and kind of reinvest it then into myself again. And like kind of maybe even create a media company or something where I'm putting out content and, you know, kind of doing both. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Because so, it's like, I also want to do it my way.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> and can, I
1: think that's the only way to do it. <laughs> I
0: can, I can relate to that too. I, I mean, I feel like that's kind of, um, I feel like that's definitely the trend in, in the, the just the time we're living in for people in our generation, especially with my parents, um, they would always encourage me to take a t- more traditional route. Like teaching to them was a safe job. You know, there's a pension, there's a retirement plan, all that stuff. Right, and you have stability. Yep, stability. You get tenure. For the most part, salaries, well, I don't know what they were then, but I feel like it's, it's changed a little bit now. Um, but, you know, in their eyes... That was a stable career, you know, something that I could support a family with when I eventually wound up having a family. And so when I started to deviate from that, they had a hard time understanding and processing that because to them, you know, I was stepping outside of what was supposed to be this comfort zone of sorts and this stable provider of, you know, income and, and stability for me. And so kind of like you said, like I, I wanted to, I I found that I wanted to create things and I wanted to do things differently. And I feel like a lot of people now that's the way to go. It's, you know, you have to kind of make your own way with stuff. And yeah, there's, yeah, there's a blueprint to an extent, like there are certain steps that you can follow and certain things that you maybe should do or would be recommended. But yeah, you know, there's also so many different ways now to accomplish the end goal Stop. Continue on to hear part two of this episode.